Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Phase Zero episode 41 starts now. Welcome to the show. We have a fun, spoiler-free show for you this week. There will be no spoilers. We don't do that here. Uh, unless it's something that's already out in the world for like more than a couple of days, then it's all fair game. Like we can spoil the first for you. Uh, am I am I a little glitchy here on my internet connection? You are. Coming through okay? Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, well, I'm BD. Welcome to Phase Zero episode 41. Let's hope we can get through this. Joining me today, Aaron Perrine. Oh, oh, yes. it's time. It's time. <laughs> we it's got another chunky. It's another chunky edition of Phase Zero. What's up, everybody? <laughs> let's, let's, let's get chunky with it. We have <laughs> Jenna Anderson in the virtual building. Hey, everybody. Today is going to be a chunky one. I, I can feel it. <laughs> Ooh, real beefy show. Real beefy boy <laughs> show. Uh, and we have Jamie Jirak in the virtual building. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning to all and to all a good morning. Uh, we have Eternals reactions. They will be completely spoiler free, but we're going to save them for later in the show, just in case you don't even want to hear them spoiler free. But I haven't heard Jamie's reaction yet. We were at the same premiere. I don't even get to see Jamie. I think she was avoiding me the same way Aaron avoided me at Space Jam. But uh, here we are. Uh, no, but we're going to talk spoiler free reactions to Eternals um, and about some of the stuff that's going on online. And we'll also talk about that spoiler free. Uh, in the second half of today's show. But first, we're going to start off with some news. Uh, we have a lot of Marvel news this week, so we're just going to jump right in without wasting any time. Everything's delayed again. Uh, I thought we were done with this. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Marvel delayed uh, its upcoming movies from 2022 and 2023, with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which stayed where it is. But uh, everything's pushed back. And here are the new dates. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in theaters on May 6th, 2022. Thor Love and Thunder has been moved back to July 8th, 2022. Black Panther Wakanda Forever has been moved back to November 11th, 2022. The Marvels has been moved back to February 17th, 2023. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 stays in place on May 5th, 2023. And Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the hardest title to type out because it's just so many different letters on different parts of the keyword has been moved back to July 23rd, 2023. Kevin Feige commented on this. It seems like it's just too much to get done in time. Uh, so I think that's really what happened here. I think that they may have just been looking at some of these VFX shots on Doctor Strange and Thor. They're looking at the production of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and they're like, listen, we got to give these people some time to sleep. Uh, these crew members need some time to get the work done without 
getting killed over it. So they put everything back. I don't know. That's just my theory. I don't know for sure. Feige did seem to say like this was results of production changes and things like that uh, when he was interviewed at the Eternals premiere. So that's my thoughts. It still hurts. Still hurts as a member of the audience, but here we are. Anybody got thoughts on this? I will just say, like, delaying everything by a couple months isn't that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. We are still getting a ton of Disney Plus shows. We are still getting three movies in 22, three movies, three or more movies in 23. We're getting, like, so much content. I, I had a whole thread about this when it initially broke. I think it is also a thing of you can't really market Doctor Strange until Spider-Man comes out. Like, I know if they were to put out a trailer before Spider-Man came out, it would almost in some sort of way spoil what we're getting for his arc in Spider-Man. So that probably is a logistical part of it too, that you're getting more time to market these movies. You're getting more time to finish the effects. You get more time to ensure that they are on track and are great. And then we don't have to have the problem of like, oh, this movie is going to come out in three months, but we're going to go ahead and delay it and like hurt everybody in the moment. Like I'm fine with them locking in their slate right now so that we don't have these problems later on. Like, yeah, it sucks, but we're still getting so much content. Like it'll all be worth it in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I, when I went to the set of Eternals back in January of 2020, the theme there seemed to be that they were making that movie so fast. Like that was a very common thing that people were talking about was how they didn't make as many costumes as they usually would. Um, and just like they, they, they started on board before the script was finished. And I don't know if that's normal, but it was like a common thing that they were talking about how Eternals certainly moved up when it was being made because of the guardians three push and all that stuff. So I think they're just realizing like, let's, Let's give these things time. They have, like, it doesn't hurt them to do it. They might be giving, you know, crew and directors and everybody more of a chance to really do their job thoroughly. So it, it sucks, you know, but it's only a few weeks. And hopefully this means that the movies just come out the way they want to come out. Uh, and, and, you know, all that. So anyway, yeah, that's, uh, that's that. I'm interested to see the thoughts in the comment section. I'll take a look at those while we move on to our next piece of news. Yeah, we got um, uh, Feige has said that Sony and Marvel worked together on uh, that Venom 2 credit scene. We know the one. Uh, he said to THR, um, there was a lot of coordination and if you don't know all the coordination yet, I'm not going to be the one to tell you. Uh, but yes, between Sony and Marvel and the Venom team and the No Way Home team, we worked on it together, which is, you know, we like to hear it. We like to hear people coming together. Uh, uh, and so, you know, Sony didn't steal that footage and just say, let's see what happens, which I don't think is a surprise to anyone. Oh, hey, there was a, definitely a thought that crossed my mind that was like, did Sony just go ahead and do this because they can? Like, I'm not going to lie. I had that thought. Like, did they just say, you know what? He's our character. We can do whatever we want. Uh, but no, it is. And like he's also such a professional that I don't, even if that was true, I don't think he would say it. He's just such a good like he keeps good vibes, I think, for everybody. But uh, yeah, it is good to hear that uh, they worked together. Anybody else? Like, it's kind of makes sense. Yeah. Your your theory up. about the the poster grows more legs every day, BD. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. I think that poster, which there's like a rumor online today that the poster's coming out on Monday, I think. I'm, well, I'm just fixing my hair here. Forgive me. I'm starting to, <laughs> my hair's starting to peacock up here. Look at that. I'm like, Look at that. Jimmy, New, Jimmy Neutron going on here. Wow. Uh, the, the stress of my interviews being made in virtual has just taken it out. Of, oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, apparently there's like a rumor that there's a new trailer and a poster on Monday, which would make sense that Venom could be on that poster. 
Uh, and that might be why they've delayed it. The movie had to come out in the rest of the world before they could release that poster. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I hope that's the case. I, if that poster comes out and Venom is on it with his big old tongue just wrapping around the whole poster, <laughs> Tom Hardy could uh, post that and delete it. But we'll get to that in a second. Actually, that's our next. Another Spider-Man from his pull this. So say Tom Hardy. Yeah, so this photo, I'm showing it to everybody who's watching the live stream. Just a piece of fan art, I believe, that's fair, uh, of Venom seemingly eating Spider-Man. It's never going to happen. Like, we know Spider-Man's not going to die, let's be honest. But uh, the crossover is fun. What do you guys think? Aaron, you think we're going to get this? You think Venom's in No Way Home? Uh, I was on the fence because there's so many weird fake-outs. But then Feige saying that yesterday made me go, was it really going to happen? Like, is it really going down? I was at a theater on Saturday and it was bizarre, like to like walk through the halls and see all the advertisements. And there's no Spider-Man, just none. And we're not that far away from the movie. I was like, they really could be holding this thing back until we get the trailer and then have it and then Venom and then have the entire Internet shake for about, you know, half a day. I I think I think it might happen. I think that. We're on the road now. Anything's possible now. I, you could say anything to me, and I'd be like, "Sure, whatever, man." <laughs> I, I want to just—I think some people missed what BD said, and that's yeah. uh, Tom Hardy posted um, a photo of Venom eating Spider-Man and then deleted it. Uh, so that's uh, uh, just for those who missed that. Yeah, I—I I, part of me does just like want to see that happen. Like, even if it's just a variant, I'm just like, <laughs> can we go to a universe where this does happen in some capacity? Because like that would just be endlessly funny at this point. Like, yeah, I I agree with you guys. Like, I think the more time that is passing, like this movie is less than two months away at this point, which is objectively crazy that we don't have any sort of poster outside of the logo. And we really just have the one trailer. Like, I feel like there is a reason why we have waited this long and Venom could very easily be that reason. Like, that would absolutely make sense. Yeah. What do you guys think about it? It just As we makes, wait for BD. <laughs> it just makes too much sense at this point because we all, you know, Lizarded 226, ah, ah, ah. Yes. We all, we all sat there through it, like the trailer being like, okay, we have the roster, but there's one person obviously missing. What could this be? Yep. And there are people in our chat spamming Venom. And I was like, that's like pie in the sky. Do you guys really <laughs> think? But now, I mean, it's, it's as good of a, a explanation as anything, you know? Mm-hmm. If we're not getting Paul Giamatti as Rhino again, and he's not the last member of the six, then like it might as well be Venom. Like that is a, that's a cool substitute there. I think it's All definitely right. Venom. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's I just think, like uh, why else would he glitch into a different hotel room? <laughs> exactly. Yes, you uh, are. Well, how you about are, that? <laughs> well, I, I think uh, I think I'm, I'm, I just went to the hot spot. I don't. I got. Glad we're figuring this out here because we got the Eternals interviews coming up over the internet yeah, no later kidding. today. So this hotel Wi-Fi. Hey, Hollywood Roosevelt, figure it out. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, let's move on. I think we got some. We got some more news. Thanks for thanks for giving me a second there to gather my life. 
Um, yeah, so Captain Marvel 2 director Nia DaCosta um, spoke to Inverse. She spoke to Roxanne Gay for Inverse with a really interesting invo- in- interview about the Marvels and about just other stuff. And then they also asked about like what her weirdest like pet theory is for the MCU. Um, and so this is her answer, which I love this answer. And I think there's a lot of there's a lot that we can talk about um sometimes i like to say a bit flippantly about captain america is that the snap is all his fault because he was trying to do his best and trying to do the right thing there's a world in which he is a villain because at the end of the day he should have just sacrificed vision he chose one robot's life albeit a sentient one over literally the entire universe there's sort of an anti-hero in that if you want to look at it through that lens so what does everybody think about this? Cause she is, she's, I don't completely disagree with her. Like I love Steve Rogers. I will defend him till the end of the, like till the end of time. But like, I do think this is a very interesting way of looking at infinity war. I, I feel like this is, you could literally make this argument for almost any action superhero comic book movie ever made, because there's always somebody picking their buddy, uh, their, their girlfriend or something's life over the big picture. That's like one of the most common themes in film. So I mean, like, yeah, you're not wrong, but it's not. But I, I mean, I think it's we all would agree more that it's more Star Lord's fault if we're going to be thrown out the blame. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. I mean, yeah. the point was made. A point <laughs> was made right there. I, you know, it is not Captain America's fault. So he destroys the this the Mind Stone, unplugs the toaster, and then what? <laughs> Thanos comes and he puts the stone back together anyway. The stone was destroyed. And what happened? Thanos got it anyway. So no, Cap. I don't. I think Cap is Cap. Cap's not a villain. Man's too pure. <laughs> Listen, I'm. T- you know, I'm Team Iron Man, but I I gotta stick up for Cap here. Ooh, that take for me. Aaron, I what think, do you think? I think that this is just proof that she was built for this fandom. This fandom life. She's mm-hmm. she's been forged <laughs> the steel of these online arguments because that was literally it takes a lot to hear something where I'm like wow I've never I heard know. anybody say this before that's <laughs> crazy as much has been said about freaking Infinity War there's mm-hmm. every single possible angle of how could you have stopped Thanos and I'm like that's the first time I've ever heard anybody say that that's crazy also you had people instantly just mad Captain America <laughs> stands, just upset period I Jamie got a good little uh, it on Star Lord right there. And, it, and depending on who you sympathize with, it's everybody's fault, like Jenna said. Like, at some point, everybody broke down. At some point, you're like, what are you doing, man? Why Why did you do this? <laughs> even, uh, I remember, like, when the summer released, people were even like, why did Doctor Strange give him Time Stone? Like, he didn't have to do that. There could have been some other way. And I'm like, we're going to argue in circles, y'all. So, poor Steve Rogers. He can't have a happy ending, even after he's dead or on the moon, allegedly. <laughs> I just need to acknowledge that the chat is just blaming Clint Barton. Like, we're just blaming Hawkeye. So. Just no reason. I love yep. that. Yep. It is Tardiness is a reason. What do you mean? <laughs> That's crazy. You're right. What's he even doing? He was having hot dogs with, like, with ketchup and mayo on a hot dog, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Well, he should have been there. should have been there. <laughs> All right. What else we got? What else we got oh, here? Oh. Okay. So uh, we got uh, some new details about why uh, Marvel Studios couldn't use the Defenders or Punisher characters. Um, so the story of Marvel Studios, the making of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, should highly recommend. You should watch and or go seek that out for yourselves. Um, it's revealed that Feige wanted to use Daredevil and those characters, but Disney decided to keep Marvel Studios focused on the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, characters to build a TV empire with the Marvel TV branch. 
And of course, this is interesting because, you know, a lot of fans wanted Daredevil. They wanted John Bernthal. They wanted Charlie Cox. They wanted this is not real. All of them to be on the big screen somehow involved. And even the S.H.I.E.L.D. characters, too, to be involved in some way. Yes, that Jamie, I see you in the corner. Uh, <laughs> so it, it, it's of course, this is all sort of a moot point now that it's all under the same umbrella again. But did anybody else find it weird or like, are they like relieved to see at least he wanted to, but then he was overruled? I mean, I, I see what happened. Like, I see the business decision that went into that, where it's like, we have Marvel Studios, let's have Marvel TV. Like, I mean, we, we've seen that at our own site, like where you launch a sister site and you kind of divide stuff up and then you're like, well, let's just actually do everything here too. And it's just... Uh, it's interesting to see that they applied that strategy and had such a division in how it worked because outwardly it seemed like there wasn't going to be that much division. I remember it seemed like this is all MCU, right? Kind of, not really psych, but it is and it isn't. So it is interesting to hear there was like such a definitive division. But uh, I, I mean, I, as a fan of most of the Netflix properties, as a as an Agents of Shield casual, uh, I I would like to see all the. I'm, I'm happy to see that it's all kind of under the same umbrella now, uh, and I, I'm very interested to hear Jamie's thoughts on this more than anything. I, you know, it's 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 continues to be a weird discussion to me because the second they put Jarvis in Endgame, to me, it's like that's all the proof you need. Um, but uh, you know, we've talked kind of about yeah. What if came into the picture? I like I said, everything's canon now. Uh, every, like Blade, Wesley Snipes Blade is canon, so it's like uh, whatever. If it's a bummer that that it had to take this long and that they did it this way, especially because they were always trying. There was always um, mentions and comments and uh, uh, about like in the shows and stuff. So uh, yeah, let's. I just want to move past this. It's, <laughs> I feel like this this conversation is happening on the internet every other day, and I'm just like, can we just get over it already and just like let all these Marvel properties be Marvel properties? Thank you. There's also you can if Adam Barnhart just wrote a really interesting mm -hmm. story about the history of Ghost Rider and mm -hmm. Gabriel Luna and a lot of the people who have worked on Ghost Rider uh, on the TV stuff. I put some really interesting stuff in there. So I suggest checking that out on comicbook.com slash Marvel. It's a really interesting read. And Adam Barnhart puts, put some time. You could tell he put some care into that article. So I'd suggest checking that out. Mm -hmm. I also recommend his Baja blast oral history. Like he's just <laughs> killing oral histories. Like he's just yes. doing an amazing job. Um, well, and then also in kind of defenders, Netflix first related news, I literally added this to the rundown as we were, as the countdown was going on, because this was a thing that was brought to my attention. So Charlie Cox did an interview with Sirius XM where he kind of talked about what could happen if daredevil does show up. And if daredevil does get rebooted in the MCU. And he said, quote, you've got to be careful what you wish for. You can come back and it's not as good or it doesn't quite work or it's too much time has passed. It doesn't quite come together in the same way. You don't want to taint what you've already got. If we never come back, you've got these three really great seasons and our third season was our best reviewed. So the trajectory was up. I'm extremely proud and grateful for what we have. So, like, what do we think about this? Like, he Aaron has thoughts. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron has is thoughts. Losing like, it. I, I think that he has a very interesting take of like it is kind of a double-edged sword because it's like Daredevil as a show clearly was so perfect to people, and I can understand the idea of quasi rebooting that might be a problem. But yeah, Aaron, take it away. <laughs> Why would this man say, "Be careful what you wish for"? <laughs> Why would he say that? <laughs> It's like he it's like he wanted to make it worse for himself on purpose. It's like he wanted to make it worse for himself. He probably did that on accident. 
in all honesty. But the second you got there, I was like, oh no, Charlie, what are you doing? No, what are you doing? Um, it, 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 it would seem that, you know, if you're going to bring it back, the idea of like, it's so sacred. I, I just, I don't know if we all should be married to the certain incarnations the way we are, because you just never know what you're going to get, right? How many people in the mixed streams for a second last year before we saw anything of the Batman were like, this is going to be garbage. I don't want any parts of it. And then after the two trailers drop, they're all about it. You've got people casting freaking Taylor Lautner as the Joker. Like, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful online right now. So, oh, let me get that um, in my eyeballs. <laughs> me and Jamie, we're on the same page. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, all right. Last piece of news here is that Chris Pratt uh, is donning his Star Lord chops. He posted a video on Instagram saying he's back in character as Star Lord. He's doing some filming. It's amazing how he's balancing that with his new role as Mario. Uh, can't <laughs> to see if Mar- if his Italian king influences his work in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What range? Uh, I know. I'll tell you. It's me, a Star-Lord. Uh, <laughs> but Guardians Volume 3 has not started filming yet. It is actually, they're doing Cosmic Rewind stuff uh, at Epcot. And you gotta wonder if he's also gonna head over to Universal Studios for Nintendo Land to just start filming for their rides too, because he's about to be the iconic voice uh, of, of, of Nintendo's plumber. So <laughs> yeah, uh, lots of Guardians 3 p- content probably on the way. I know James Gunn is, is very active on social media and I enjoy when the Guardians movies are in production because James does share a lot of updates. He shares photos, he shares all everything he's allowed to share. He makes uh, our job so much easier. I know. Yeah. For real. You, like bless him for that. <laughs> So hopefully that be that man keeps spilling content from the set of Guardians Three. Uh, Adam Warlock first look one of these days. If they're going to be filming outdoors at all, you know we're getting that yeah. Adam Warlock first look because they're not mm-hmm. going to let the internet put, get a potato quality look at that character. He's he's certainly going to share. I bet he's gold. I bet that man is gold to start with. Uh, but all right, yeah. So that's uh, that's our news. Anybody is anybody more excited here for Guardians Three than I am? I think it might be the one I am most looking forward to out of all of us i am it's hyped definitely among my most excited but it is also the thing of like i know the closer we get to it it's the mix of excitement and just dread because i know it is going to hurt my heart so it's like once we get to that point it will just be an emotional roller coaster but i'm excited to go on it we've already done like the guardians three deadpool here right like who we think we've is done gonna variations die. of it we haven't gone like character by character but i think we've all agreed like rocket is probably gonna die but that's exactly why I think Rocket won't be the one. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. I for sure thought going into Endgame, we all were like, yo, Cap's toast. There's no way they kill Iron Man. <laughs> like RDJ makes them all that money. They won't get rid of him. And then it was like, well, they're both gone, kind of. But Cap's kind of alive for some short amount of time ahead of this. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. I think Drax is going to go. Yeah, I mean, Dave, I, I think would like that. Yes, <laughs> he'd probably like beg James to kill him. He's like, please, <laughs> get me out of this job. It's insane because it, it's insane how far that has come. Because I remember when Dave talked about when he got cast in this movie, he cried tears of joy, <laughs> and now it's like he's just like, I'm done. I want to be out of this. Uh, but yeah, so it's also probably exhausting to make these movies. So yeah, I, I can't can't really fault him, I guess. But yeah. I think Drax is the one. I think the story is going to hit. Like I could see Drax being like. I can be with my wife, Yvette, 
and Gamaria, and not like I will die for to save you all, my friends, or some stuff like that to end it. That just seems like a fitting ending for Drax, and it'll probably be emotionally heavy if they center any of the movie around him, like Dave Batista has seemingly wanted very much. He's been vocal that he feels like Drax has gotten the short end of the stick on a lot of these, uh, a lot of his appearances. And I, maybe he's just salty because he didn't get to kill Thanos like Drax did in the books. But like Drax was never going to kill Thanos in the MCU. Come on. We knew that. But anyway, yeah, that's our take. Anybody else want to weigh in on any of this? Or I will just say Layla in the chat says you can't kill Drax because you can't see him. That's I mean, that's true. That's true. Uh, that's a big obstacle to overcome. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, spoiler-free discussion about the Eternals. Bring your questions. If you drop any spoilers in the comment section, we will ban you. We will uh, show up at your house. We won't show up at your house. You would like it too much. So... We will, we will we will delete your comments and ban you from the chat. Uh, but we are going to talk about Eternal Spoiler for Reactions. Jamie and I have seen the movie in about 60 seconds. See you there. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to Phase Zero, Episode 41. We are about to dive into spoiler-free reactions of Marvel's Eternals. Jamie and I got to attend the premiere in Hollywood on Monday night. It was a really fun night, and we're going to talk about that. But first, we do have to address the fact that there are insane spoilers for this movie that have just been tweeted out. Uh, I don't get it. I am pretty shocked that people who would attend a premiere uh, would think that that was like fair game to share. I'm not, I don't want to get into like specifically why it's a spoiler or what the spoiler is or any of that stuff. It's just obviously a spoiler from a big surprise in the film that comes at a point in the film, which you are obviously not supposed to spoil. And I feel like even that might be more than anybody wanted to hear. So I'm just going to end it there. But like, I mean, what do you guys like, Eric, what do you think of this? This is insane. I, I guess I'll just go first. Um, I am a person that followed a lot of people from film Twitter outside of like the MCU fandom. And they were all like, a lot of those people were like, why does this matter? It's like, uh, I, I, I'm having, like, I'm gonna try and talk around this y'all. I apologize. Bear with me. Um, why would you care about this? But for the fans who waited for this movie through a year of a pandemic, that have waited around, that love going to the movies, that is just getting to the point where people are feeling comfortable going back to the movies. They were really looking forward to this. And for you to pull that out from under them is despicable, in my opinion. I mean, I only speak for myself, but it's really low down. 
Um, I, I remember being like, I don't know, like eight or nine and like watching wrestling or something at my house or with my parents or whatever. And somebody would be like, it's not real. Like, why do you care? It's not, it's fake. Why, why would you even care about that? But it's not about that. It's about how it makes you feel. And if somebody would have gotten joy from seeing that on their own unspoiled, I'm heartsick for the people who were robbed of that, you know, uh, by somebody else who's in a position of power that got to see this and got the trust placed in them to do this uh, beforehand. So, yeah, it's, it's really disappointing. I don't I don't know what else really to say. It legit yeah. fills me with rage uh, mm -hmm. because because this kind of thing, like what what the moment is, is something that they clearly put a lot of care into keeping a secret. And and we know better than to spoil these things. We it's our literal job to know this. And uh, and what's what sucks is a trickle effect. Like, um, and, and you know, you can't, you can't avoid it. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a big on letterbox. And the cool thing about letterbox is you can, um, there's a spoiler option so you can hide something. And I was looking at the Eternals. No one's even using the spoiler. It's just, they're just out there. Um, and it's just, oh, and, and again, like, is it, is it like the weird thing to treat it like some kind of breaking news that you, you've scooped as if like hundreds of other people didn't just see it too is it, and, and, and it is frustrating to see people on Twitter be like, it's not a big deal. It's like for some of us, yeah, it's a really big deal. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's just a bummer because right now, now it's out there. And, and I saw a tweet from someone that like, this made a lot of sense for people who don't care about this um they just think this is news now so they're just talking about it not realizing that it's a spoiler um and and uh yeah it's like somebody ruined it for everybody and that and and i'm worried about like us like everybody like them being more tight-lipped about screenings and stuff now um mm -hmm, like exactly. they're gonna ruin it for the rest of us who are really good at keeping secrets mm -hmm. well that's what that, that's that part that has really gotten to me because like with venom 2 yeah. Post-credits scene was a very big deal. I didn't get to see the post-credit scene because they wanted to protect the spoilers. And that was before this even happened. And I had to, we had Andy Serkis on this show and I had to record that interview before I saw the post-credit scene. It was supposed to be a spoiler-filled interview. And I like didn't even get to see that scene from the Venom 2 credits. And the fact that that was very much new footage of a certain character that was in that. And I didn't even get to ask about that because I didn't get to see the scene. I had to go in blind and act like I'd seen it because I had to have it spoiled for me in order to conduct a good interview. And in my opinion, the interview wasn't even as good as it could have been because I didn't get to see the scene. And like that kind of stuff is going to ruin this for like, it's going to create more of that in the future. Like we are very lucky. We're very privileged to get to see these movies and do what we do. Like I, you know, or spoiled and even saying like, Oh, we might not get to see a post credit scene the next time we see a movie early. I recognize that. But it is also like that is the way for me to do my job the best I can. And I very much care about doing my job and delivering content to people that they're going to enjoy. And that makes our show better. That makes my experience of doing this job better. And I just want to have the best content possible. Mm -hmm. And yes, I want to have that same experience, too, because at the end of the day, I, I do this. We all, all four of us do this because we're fans. I don't like as a fan of a Marvel movie, I'd be furious if I knew about what was happening at the end of this movie because of a tweet. And that sucks. And like there's always spoilers and stuff it's just weird that it came from a very a, a member of the press who would, would know this etiquette like it's just you don't you don't do that it's mm -hmm. it's a bummer 
Um, yeah. Jenna, I wanted to give you a chance to speak on this if you wanted to. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's this thing of like, I had already, like, I will just say the spoiler in question is something that had been theorized and rumored about. Like, if you if you want to go back and like dig in the internet, there is, there was discussion about this thing possibly having happened. So I was not like absolutely shocked that this thing came out. But the fact that it came out the way that it did and the fact that it comes out several weeks before everybody else gets a chance to see this movie. Like the fact that we've gone from the point of like, don't spoil the end game. If you're getting to see end game, whether it's early or on opening night, you need to not talk about it on the internet and preserve it for everybody. The fact that we are going from that to actual critics who have gone to these things countless times, spoiling things before anybody else gets the chance to experience it for themselves. It is just, it's, it's, it's insane. I cannot believe we're in this position of this even happening. Like I've never gotten to go to a premiere. All of you obviously have. I kind of feel like the Michael Scott meme of like inside jokes are cool. I'd like to have one someday, <laughs> but like, I know every time I've gotten to see a movie ahead of time, you don't share anything. You don't talk about anything. You don't leak that kind of stuff. Like it is just the simple etiquette of getting to have the privilege of getting to see the thing early. And the fact that these people are abusing that is just absolutely insane. Like it is just so wild. I'm very, I'm very, Good. <laughs> We're all real heated on this one. Uh, <laughs> that, same, that same person who, who tweeted the big spoiler also tweeted like little mini things that to me might not seem like a spoiler to some, but mm-hmm. uh, if that's information I wouldn't have wanted to know. One like little, like I will just say like in this, in a, under a romance umbrella, something that the whole movie I was waiting for and, uh, and like, and this person just like blatantly tweeted it out. And even though to some people it's nothing to me, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy. Like, to, to, I want to, to, I want to read to the, everybody who's watching what it says mm-hmm. on the invitation to the, to the premiere. Um, this is part of your invitation. This is what you agree to by attending these these a move like an event like this to be privileged and lucky enough to go to an event like this. You agree to this. It's like wearing a mask on a plane. You buy a ticket. You agree. Um, where is it? It says, "Oh, come on. Where is the?" I'm wasting time here uh, because I can't find the email. But it, it basically says that, you know, you agree not to reveal spoilers and uh, like just surprises for people who have not yet seen the film uh, in order to give. OK, social embargo, review embargo, all that in order to give audiences around the world the opportunity to enjoy our movies to the fullest and allow them to discover any surprises and plot twists. We respectfully ask that U.S. press refrain from revealing spoilers and detailed story points in your coverage, including on social media. When you go to the movie, everybody knows you're supposed to share your thoughts your, your reaction, you, you can't like give it a number out of 10, you can't write a review, but you're not going out there to write like recaps of certain moments or scenes of reveals. You don't get casting news from watching the movie. That's the bottom line. It's a weird thing. I can't believe it happened. It's a shame. And it's, I, I'm very interested to see if there is fallout from this for any outlets that were involved in this, for any people that were involved in this, uh, because it's going to set an interesting precedent either way. This also, like, I I will just say the fact that Spider-Man No Way Home is the next movie on the pipeline makes this a nightmare even more so because it's like knowing the amount of secrets that could potentially be surrounding that movie and knowing that there's now this precedent of having like bad behavior in terms of spoiling stuff ahead of time. I am worried for the lead up in this movie because I feel like stuff is going to come out whether we want it to or not. Mm hmm. Um, My previous job, I I worked for uh, CBS Sports. I helped do the social media stuff and Guess who was on shift when LaShawn McCoy decided to tweet out some major Marvel spoilers? And we had to have the conversation in a sports editorial room about 
what do we do about this? Do we make a joke about it? Do we? And then we decided, you know what we should do? Be like, hey, if you love the Avengers, don't go to his account right now. Go ahead and block LaShawn McCoy on Twitter because you're going to be upset. And it performed really, really well. So there was enough crossover between our audience and like an MCU or comic book fan audience where people were thanking us in the replies like, yo, I appreciate y'all. I really appreciate because they had friends who got it spoiled through that. So this stuff goes further, way further than you ever intended to be at all. You know, I, somebody in the comments said that CNN had it on their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what's going on, people? You, I, I understand you want the views and, and the sort of the the story and you want it out first, but you really have to think about your audience and Mm -hmm. the sort of like feelings of them when you're going after that stuff, you know? It's interesting because I'm sure I I would believe that somebody at CNN who's writing that article might not, when they see it in the news, they might not, they they genuinely might not know any better that this is like a spoiler, Mm -hmm. but there are outlets that ran straight up exactly what happened and how it happened in their headline. Mm -hmm. Which you know that is I don't know anyway yeah even it's, like when a movie's out that first day we I still know. put spoiler brackets yeah. on a not three weeks ahead of time yeah I did a Google search like yesterday morning just to see like who had written this up as news and the amount of like just saying it out loud in the headline it's like if you follow any of these somewhat major outlets like you're screwed you know this information mm-hmm. now and you can't unknow it it just sucks yeah, yeah. anyway well we're all on the same all page right. here uh, I'm interested to see if Jamie and I are on the same page about Eternals. Jamie and I have not spoken about this. Just so everybody knows, we have not had a conversation on our thoughts on Eternals. I've shared my thoughts for the most part um, uh, in tweets and, and in some of like Instagram and stuff, but I haven't, we have not, the four of us have not had any conversations about our reactions to the movie yet. Uh, Jamie, who's going first? Do you want to rock, paper, scissors this one? Oh God. Uh, sure. I don't know. Let me go first. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, this is hard because it's like, oh God, I, if I don't want to drop any spoilers after all that. Um, I I liked the movie. I did not love the movie. Um, and some of that is partially my own personal preference. And some of that I think are larger problems with the film. And personally, I don't really like origin stories. And this movie has like 7,000 years of backstory. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, and I also, I'm not a fan of CGI creatures. And even though these deviants look really good, all of the action is is with them. And that's just not my thing. So so those two things are already pretty stacked against for me personally. Um, but also, you know, you're you're introducing 10 characters with a lot of history, a lot of personal history, all this stuff. And that's not easy to do. And uh, and I think did OK. Um, it could have been a hot mess and it wasn't. Uh, but it's still like the main story didn't really do a lot for me. It, it got a little confusing at times. Um, it, it just, you know, but all that being said, uh, this cast is phenomenal. They're so great. I, and I cannot wait to see more of them. I can't wait to see how they're going to fit in with, uh, I, I want to see certain, some of these people interact with our faves and it, cause it's like going to be weird. Um, the, I, I, I tweeted this, but my favorite thing about the movie is that everyone's going to have a different favorite. Um, and that's cool. Like my favorite was Thana, Angelina Jolie, but Kingo Kumal Nanjiani was a close second. My boyfriend's favorite was Fastos by Brian Terry Henry. Like everyone's going to be a little different and that's really cool. Cause there's so many good characters. It's, it's rich with that. It's, it's more, my issues are story plot, a little convoluted, uh, 
uh, Chloe, beautiful filmmaking. Um, but again, it's like for, CGI stuff just isn't isn't my jams. But I, I think the practical locations was really uh, helped re elevate it. Uh, so. Um, uh, as we know, both credit scenes are good, but we won't say more about that. Uh, so ultimately, I, I think it's my least favorite of the three movies of the year. Um, my only other thing I'll say that didn't work for me is that the stakes were a little too high. And I, I think that after Endgame, um, <laughs> you, like that's why I love Black Widow so much, because it's like a side quest. It's, it's you know, it's all personal stakes. When when you have stakes that are this big after something like Endgame, it's like, OK. I, I'm, I'm really nervous what's gonna happen uh, but uh, so those those are my gen general thoughts of the film I pretty much agree with everything you just said um, I've, I I think I liked it I'm, I'm like it's the, it's the it's I've never been so unsure of whether or not I liked a movie uh, I think it was just very okay to be completely honest um, I, there were, the characters were really wonderful. The relationships between the characters are really wonderful. Um, some characters felt really underused and that's a result of having 10 characters that you have to introduce. Uh, and the stakes were super, super high. There was so much going on in this movie. It had so much story to unpack. Um, and once it does unpack the story, it actually allows for a, a very interesting kind of finale to the movie. But, uh, it is, it, 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 it's hard to talk about without spoiling, but I've, I've, I've had so many, I've talked for hours about this movie, like with Eleanor and with just like Joe from like Illuminati and stuff, just different people in the press who I've seen after the movie and yesterday and stuff. And it, it, I, I ha it's, it is uneven, but it is overall a, I think it has a good, cool story, but it's told in a very uneven way, which to me, makes it like a movie that at no point was I ever like, this is truly awesome. I love this movie, but I was never like, this is bad. It's just a lot. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of exposition, a lot, a heavy handed amount of exposition. And it ultimately makes for a fine movie. In my opinion, it's far. I liked it a lot more than I liked Venom. Let there be carnage. I didn't like it as much as I like Shang-Chi or black widow. So that's where, that's pretty much where I'm at with it. It's it, I love the tone of that first credit scene. I liked the energy in that scene. And I wish that there was more of that, but maybe that's just me. But um, yeah, it was, it's, it was, it's a very interesting movie. Very, very ambitious. I mean, insanely ambitious, kind of to a fault in my opinion, but yeah. Who's your very favorite? My favorite was Kingo and the very limited Dane Whitman. <laughs> I want, I want more Dane Whitman immediately. You cannot give me. Black Knight, any fat, too, any way that's too fast. I thought he was brilliant. Kingo was great. I thought when, when Kumail Anjiani came into the movie, it was like the shot of life it needed to get me to be super into it because there was so much happening and it was very serious, which is fine. It can be, it needed to be serious for this story, but Kumail brought an energy to the movie that was just brilliant. I loved him so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I, that's, yeah. Anyway, Jenna, Aaron, you guys got any questions? I guess as somebody who's been a fan of Kumail's for like the longest time, like mm -hmm. that is very great to hear that he is so good in this movie. Like I am, I'm very happy for him in that regard. Like, yeah, like hearing you guys' reactions and just knowing like how I've personally felt as the trailers and as the marketing team has come out. It's like this movie does feel so ambitious, and I was not a hundred percent sure that it would be able to stick the landing. And so it is very interesting to hear you guys say like it isn't perfect. Like there are still there's still a a lot of it that seems to be worth praising and a lot that is enjoyable but like hearing that it isn't 
like this uh, world renowned, just like perfect, unproblematic masterpiece is kind of interesting because that's about where my expectations were going in. Like, I'm still super excited to see this movie. Like, I'm excited to see all of the pieces come together. But it, like, it's just very interesting hearing you guys' takes. Yeah. Also, it should be said that like it's the coolest star. Sorry, when they, like the representation in this movie is amazing, mm-hmm. and it's the best we've gotten in Marvel. And to me, that elevates it uh, a bunch. That we have uh, just all these different types of people uh, really makes it uh, m- more enjoyable for me. Uh, it's sorry, also Aaron. in a way that just like fits. Like it just like at no point does it feel feel like we added a character for a for representation or something. Like nobody felt like added to the movie mm-hmm, like 100 i know when the movie comes out you're gonna have these people who are like this movie sucks like woke go broke or some sh-. like if it doesn't make a hundred million dollars you're gonna have people crying about it it all was organic it all made sense to have the people the actors and actresses in these roles playing these parts like they all it was just all organic and really well done it doesn't even call attention to itself like we have our first deaf character in the mcu and it's just she's just there she's just there she's part of the squad we don't need to Make a big deal. Like it's, it worked. I agree with you. That's a good point, Jamie. I guess the question I had was about the length and how you felt like the length traveled and the pacing, because you know, some of the movies it's become like a meme where the, the middle of them gets a little wobbly before they regain their footing and come through and really like give you that last uppercut to send you all home. How did you guys feel like the pacing was over such a, a lengthy movie? I think it was fine. I did, the length didn't bother me. I mean, again, you got ten characters in here. You're trying to you're trying to introduce to the world, uh, and you know there were parts where because I, I could have used more action because uh, I love action, so that would have helped me. But I, I wasn't like bored at any point. Um, I mean, did it need to be two hours and thirty seven minutes? Kind of, because what else are you gonna do? Like, no, <laughs> I like I, like I, I would have preferred a shorter movie, but like I don't know how it could have been. That's exactly it. I, I actually had this conversation last night at dinner with Kirsten from Insider and Eleanor. We were sitting downstairs and we we're talking about like, how could that like, we were like, we all kind of agree. Like we like it. We just like, we're in no way really blown away or anything, which I know everybody's gonna be like, the movie sucks. If you say that, like, no, it's not like I can just like something, you know, it doesn't have to be the best movie every time. Uh, yeah. But, and that's what happens here. But we were like, you know, if you cut some people, like, does that make the movie better? But then who do you cut? Like, are you cutting out representation at that point? Are you cutting out like story at that point? Do you just like, I don't know. It was, it's very tricky to imagine. Like, I don't know. I, I think the best people for the job made this movie and they made it the best it could be. It was so much heavy lifting. It feels like they got confident based on the fact that guardians of the galaxy was able to introduce brand new characters in an ensemble form that they could, they were like, we, we can do this again. Uh, and the truth is 10 characters is a lot to introduce. And it, it makes it uh, for it. Is, it's interesting because like you said, everybody's going to have a different favorite character. So that means a lot of characters did get great moments, but at the same time, it does feel like a lot of people didn't get the, as obviously there was never going to be this way, but they didn't get as much of a piece of the pie as everyone else did. But it's just, I don't know how you could have, I don't know. I don't know. It's very, it's, 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 I like the movie. I don't think I'm, it's going to be a movie I revisit very often. Uh, yeah, that's really, that's it. That's pretty much, I'm very excited for when this thing opens to see what the fan reactions are, because I think people are going to love it. I think there will be people who are going to adore this movie, but I think you're going to see a lot of people who are just like, well, it was okay. It was good. I'm and almost curious. I'm, I'm curious. I'm like, is this going to become the new Thor, the dark world? Like not necessarily in the sense of like, Oh, this movie was bad, but in the sense of like, you don't want to revisit it until maybe five or 10 years later when the canon kind of makes it a little bit more significant. Like I could absolutely see that happening with this. Movie. That's exactly what I said. I was like, I, I don't see myself watching this until it, 
it matters more, um, which I, it has to eventually. But right now it is the most I, standalone thing they've ever done. And mm-hmm. I and I totally said the same thing that I feel like like that dark world thing where it's like eventually we're going to be watching this more, but not for a while. Yeah. And I'll say that's uh, to that point. This movie made me very excited about the futures for the characters that we see mm-hmm. in this movie more than I was about what I saw with them in this film. Like I'm very I am hyped to see the future with Kit Harrington and hopefully a Black Knight everything uh, because we know Dane Whitman's destiny from comics and hopefully they fulfill it in the movies or in a show or whatever. And I, I would love to see Kingo again. I would love to see Xerxes and, and, and a lot of these characters again in new dynamics with uh, with the heavy lifting out of the way. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think the stakes were so high. And when you introduce such powerful characters, it does kind of give me like a little bit of like, a oh, how are you guys going to handle this? Uh, you know, now that they're here and they're going to be like, do th- does this kind of dwarf the rest of the MCU heroes? I don't know. We'll see. I was just going to ask something. I don't know if I, if you guys can answer it yet, but I'm going to try. Uh, is there anybody in the cast from what you saw that you can't wait to see them be alongside another character from the MCU? Like, is there anybody where you're like, Oh, this is going to be dope when they're with this random other person who's in the Avengers, you know? Um, I, I knew this question was coming. <laughs> uh, um, and yeah, I have an answer because I, uh, I don't, well, should I have an answer? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I would like to see, uh, Thana, Angelina Jolie's character with Wanda. Uh, cause they've, they're, uh, they're some sad girls and, uh, I'd like to see them have like a sad girl slumber party. I love it. Oh man. Yeah. I, I mean, Dane is hands down the character. I really want to see more of, I'd like to see Xerxes dynamic if she becomes an Avenger like she has in comics. Um, but I don't know who specifically I'd want to see her with. Uh, oh man, that, it's tricky. A king, it's, it's, oh man. Kingo. <laughs> That's what I say. I'm like, maybe we should save this for after it. Yeah. Out. Maybe we should save it for after it's out. Uh, uh yeah. I think, I think that Fina and Wanda would make an interesting pair. They'd have a lot to commiserate on. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't want to say anymore because we did promise a spoiler free show. I also, I wanted to shout out Frankly Built. <laughs> Because I, I frankly built as a, a guy on Instagram who just 3D prints a lot of costumes and we reshare his content on comicbook.com all the time, which we he, he says thank you for helping him grow. His content certainly helps the comic book account grow too. So it's kind of a mutual uh, gain there. But he came to the, he got invited to the premiere because he makes amazing Iron Man suits. He got to wear it and he brought this Nova helmet and it's amazing. Look at this. Wait, it lights up. Watch this. I can't hear you guys for a second, but watch this. Oh. Oh, it lights up! <laughs> wow, you look very cool. That's amazing. I just had to give a shout out to Frankly Built for his awesome work uh, and for the Nova helmet that just got me cast in the MCU as Richard Rider. Feige saw it and he was like, oh, you're saving us money. Thanks for that. So, uh, all right, everybody. Uh, Jenna, yo, de- killed it at DC Fandom on the site. Thank you. Great yes. work. I am, I am very still exhausted. I have not had a day off in like two weeks because I've just been so busy with fandom. But yes, yeah, Saturday was so much fun. Like that was a, an, an incredible day. Like we got so much out of that. So what was your favorite, uh, what was your favorite footage? Uh, I see like, I, 
I'm trying to think of how to explain this. I loved the Batman trailer. I like that. I knew that that was going to be amazing. The flash teaser, like the little bit of footage that they showed, like that was the one moment in the day where like my boyfriend was standing on our ottoman, just like staring at the television. I was screaming. Like it felt like when my neighbors are watching football and you can hear it through the walls. It was like, they probably were like, what game are they watching? But we were just like freaking out about the flash teaser because that just had so much in it. Like everything that they showed on the movie, and like TV front with Peacemaker just looks incredible. Like I am so excited, but like those two, like Batman and Flash, were just like this is insane. Keeps yeah. that's me like watching. I the know. Feeling like, Keeps. <laughs> I just love Michael Keaton so much. I so know. Happy. That that's Flash teaser was amazing. I also was really impressed by the Shazam teaser. Yeah, I know. Very All of the like mythical creatures that they are doing in that movie <laughs> are just on a whole other level. I know. <laughs> Yeah, Jamie, Jamie, the mirror and Lucy Lou. Are you kidding yeah. me? You're 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 done. You're ruined. <laughs> Jamie's tearing up over there. I know. Oh my god, they're so attractive. <laughs> they're so cool. You lady villains, you know how I feel about this. And mm-hmm. I just like when I saw them in those outfits, oh my god. Mm-hmm. But, but nothing yeah. was better than uh, Harley Quinn and uh, and uh, Poison <laughs> Ivy in those cartoon gowns. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm, can't wait to yeah. see those cosplayers. <laughs> didn't mean to make a flip mouth. That was weird. <laughs> I made it sexual. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, going back to Shazam, like Shazam and Aquaman, like the creature work that they are doing is just on a whole other level. Like that movie is just those those two movies are going to be insane. So yeah, it's a great time to yeah. be a comic book fan, Marvel or DC or both. Like you're you're getting some great stuff in the next couple of years. That, the Peacemaker trailer was dope too. I love Shout that out to one. James Gunn. The, the eagle is just like I I should have expected that he would have like found a group character in a peacemaker setting. And it's like, of course, it's an eagle that can like walk alongside humans and has a personality. Like I love this. It's just so great. Viscardi in the comments. I could listen to Pierce Brosnan's voice forever. That too. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah, it's just a great time to be a comic book movie fan. For those of you right. who don't know, Jenna has an alert set up. So when The Rock says that uh-huh. the structure of power in the DC universe... <laughs> the hierarchy of power. The hierarchy <laughs> of power is about to be forever changed. Sit we line, sit alert. Yep. We're like, yes, he said the thing. Hooray. <laughs> I need that on t-shirts. I need it on posters. Like, I need that to just be the slogan for the movie because every single time it makes me so happy. <laughs> and it seems like every time he says it, he tries to, like, emphasize change differently. The hierarchy mm-hmm. of power in the DC universe is about to change. <laughs> like, bro, well, we get it, we get it. You love to see it. Will that be a line in the movie? Will he I- say that? I would love it. Like I said, like just make that the slogan on all the posters and advertisements. Like I know it's long; it's longer than most of the slogans for these movies. But like it would so it would be so worth it. Honestly, is about to change. There we go. I know. I love it. I'm shocked he didn't plug Terramana Tequila at DC Fandom. (laughs) (laughs) My boyfriend and I were joking of like, there's going to be a new flavor of Zoa, like his energy drink that is just Black Adam themed, and it's like we will buy like so many cases of that because we drink that like all the time. So, yeah, he will totally plug his stuff and it'll be awesome. And that is exactly what The Rock is cooking. Tequila. <laughs> so, all right, y'all. That is today's show. Aaron's got to head out of here because NBA is tipping off soon. So I know he's 
<laughs> go get ready. Uh, all right. Well, no, thank you guys for a great episode. Jenna, Aaron, Jamie, you're all fantastic. If you guys want to talk more about Eternals, you can hit Jamie and I up. We will hit you with our spoiler-free thoughts, I promise you. Uh, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram, wherever you guys want to talk, and make sure you're following everybody here. Uh, and I'm glad we got to shout out Jenna's awesome work uh, on DC Fandom and also Adam Barnhart's work on that Ghost Rider article on the site. I highly recommend it. Please continue to share our show with your friends. We are so close to hitting that one million mark and we are very excited about it oh actually jamie before we go this was your first movie premiere eternals right yeah yeah it was uh, what did you my think of it first. oh my god it was so fun uh i uh there i learned some things like one <laughs> i should hang around longer because i sat in the theater that was mostly empty for like an hour and we <laughs> and we in our phones they lock your phones so i'm yep. um, like i have to talk to my boyfriend for an hour <laughs> god okay <laughs> i guess uh, so I would do that differently, but it was, you know, it was uh, a fun, great time. Uh, it was so fun to get dressed up. Uh, so yeah, I hope I get to go to more. Pay attention, Disney. Send me to more things. <laughs> yeah, well, well, hopefully, I'm really hoping that Sony will get us some invites for Spider-Man. Sony has never invited anybody from comicbook.com to a premiere before. So Sony, hit us up. Hit us up. We got the most amazing Marvel podcast ever. You need our support. Obviously, Spider-Man can't be successful without our podcast talking about it. <laughs> Duh. You oh, need us. Yes. You need us way more than we need you. Duh. Yeah, right. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much for an awesome episode of 41 of Phase Zero. We will see you next week. If you have questions for the cast of the Eternals, hit me up immediately because my interviews are literally one hour from right now. If you're listening to this in podcast form, you're too late. All right, everybody. That's Phase Zero 41. Richard, send us out of here. <laughs>